This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury, of course. This is Open for Business this morning. Samadhi. The moment when the mind achieves stillness and total meditative consciousness. True to its name, Samadhi Retreats, it's a sanctuary for serenity and holistic hospitality, all while harmonizing with nature and embracing sustainability. Samadhi Retreats boasts a chain of luxury hotels, resorts and restaurants strategically situated in the middle of nowhere, quote unquote, surrounded by nature. And each location aims to provide customers with a distinctive escape from the hustle and bustle of life. Now, today on Open for Business, I'm speaking with Federico Asaro, the CEO and founder of Samadhi Retreats. Uh, He's going to be sharing some of his insights into the unique Samadhi DNA, discussing some of the challenges and successes of intertwining luxury, nature, sustainability, all within the hospitality scene. But I think more than that, uh, Federico, I think people would be interested in some of your stories as well, you know, you as an individual. But before I get to that, let's just talk a little bit about your background in the hospitality industry. Now, since the 90s, I believe, is around when it first kind of started. Initial venture offered luxury liverboard scuba diving expeditions in Peninsula Malaysia and uh, Borneo. Now, what prompted this, I guess, shift towards a broader focus on hotels and restaurants in the hospitality sector? Because we've been talking outside and you're talking to me about this passion of diving and that being your passion. And then all of a sudden, you're doing something entirely different. Why did you do that? How did that come around? Well, Richard, thank you for having me here. Yeah, pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a... A very different jump that I did. Uh, as I was saying to you earlier, I, I've been in the diving industry for over 10 years, but I've been diving since I was six years old. And I just became very tired at the end. It's my passion. It's always been my passion. But uh, it started to become difficult uh, day by day. I was losing my passion for it, and, and it was just becoming more of a job than anything else. Right. I didn't want to lose my passion and start hating diving, so I decided to sort of call it quits. And come to shore as well. Mm. Been out 10 years at sea. Mm. I needed to find a, a partner as well. <laughs> <laughs> they told me about mermaids and I couldn't find any, you know. <laughs> Despite looking, I'm sure. Yeah, I yeah. looked high. I, you know, yeah. I looked very low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. And so, yeah, I came back to KL. You know, I've been in Malaysia since I, 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 I grew up here. Yeah. Uh, my parents, my dad was working here. And uh, so I came here when I was 10 years old in 1978. And so Malaysia has always been home. So I came back to KL and took a little bit of time off and tried to sort of think of what I could do next. And a few years earlier, I had opened up a restaurant with, uh, with a friend. And so that was my little sort of debacle into the restaurant business. And I didn't do it for the business then. You know, my parents were leaving. My dad retired. My mom was going back uh, with my dad. And so I thought, you know, who's going to cook for me? <laughs> so <laughs> so a very okay. practical reason. Yeah, right? no, exactly. It was yeah. nothing about business. Right. So I've got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened up this Italian restaurant and, and ran that for a little while and then eventually sold it to the other partners. And, you know, uh, I've always been 
very passionate about the environment, the outdoors. I've always been a very outdoor person. I don't particularly like the city so much. And an adventure, adventure travel. And uh, you know, since I was very young, I used to take the train in my teens. I used to take the train and go up into Thailand and explore Thailand. I know Thailand very well, though I've never lived there, but I spent a lot of time in Thailand. Food is something that I've always enjoyed, you know, uh, with an Italian mother. Uh, I was her guinea pig, pig yeah. kind of thing. And, and so I thought, you know, how do I put all these different passions into to something new? And at that time, there was a... There was a, a house, there was, there was a restaurant actually in, in Ampang. It was an old 1920s colonial building. It had changed hands many, many times. Six months, four months, uh, people were opening and closing this, this place. It wasn't working. And I had approached the owners there, well, actually the, the tenants, and had given them an idea of how they could turn the restaurant around. And they told me that that doesn't work. Uh-huh. And uh, but they said, you know, go back and think of something else, another concept, and, and come and see us. So I did. But uh, I did go back, but I did not change the idea of the concept. I, I thought I'd go back and try and pitch it again. And when I went back, uh, the restaurant was shut. They had oh. gone bankrupt as well. So for some reason, I was waiting outside the gate, and the actual owner of the property came and see me and asked me what I was doing outside. And... I told them I was here to look, you know, to find the owners and to talk to them. I had this idea of, of what to do with this restaurant. And then he says, well, look, these guys have gone, and uh, why don't you come and see me? Talk to me. So I did. And um, that's how Tamarind Hill was born. I know it well. 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I took over the house. Um, I didn't have a business plan. It was Literally, it was a house, it was abandoned, it was an interesting property, it was in the jungle, so that fitted with me being outside, outdoors, and then I thought, okay, well, it's going to be Thai food because I enjoy Thailand, this will give me an opportunity to go back to Thailand regularly. And um, <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, it was never about business. It was always about how do I have enough money to just live my life the and, way and I want to live. enjoy life. the, yeah. And enjoy it. I mean, I, I can say that I literally have never worked a day in my life. Now, apart from me being jealous, you know, <laughs> because uh, in my head, I interview hundreds of entrepreneurs, right? Hundreds. And you're the kind of entrepreneur that I like to interview because... Despite the fact that I interview people who have a plan of one year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, that's fine. That's the way they like to live. Yeah. You know, I like to live my life day to day, you know, very much like you do. You know, how can I fund the way that I want to live? The idea that you didn't have a business plan, but you had this fundamental thing in your head saying, you know, if I do this and that's going to help encourage me and, and allow me to live this lifestyle is also an entrepreneurial mindset. True. It's just from a different angle, right? Correct. And you seem to have followed that kind of guiding principle throughout your life, correct? Very much so. Yes, yes. I think, um, you know, well, way back when I had this idea of starting a boat, no one wanted to fund me. I mean, I was a 19-year-old kid trying yeah. to raise money to buy a yacht. Which, which, for many people, would just be like, what's this 19-year-old kid doing? Exactly. They don't understand that you have a vision. No, exactly. That's, yeah. uh, so, you know, from, from I've, I've been always very persuasive in wanting to do certain things. Once I have something in my head, I want to do it. Yeah. Um, the restaurant, you know, uh, uh, it was it was 
in many ways incidental. I never set out to say, okay, I'm going to finish diving. I'm going to go into the into the FMB. Yeah. FMB has never been my thing. Mm. Um, I'm not an FMB guy. Mm. And um, ask me anything about sort of the FMB. I can tell you just from what I know from running my own restaurants. Um, but it had all the right ingredients for me to do what I wanted to do. And I thought, look, I'm sure there are other people out there that enjoy the same kind of lifestyle and yeah. the same kind of experiences. Um, and so I just went ahead and did it. And um, without any partners or anything, I, it's easy. Um, you know, uh, I want to do something, I'll just do it. And, um, you know, I did it. I actually literally uh, renovated the restaurant on my own, literally. Um, and I opened that place up with uh, just six tables uh, at first, and I kept the other half of the house empty. And um, the first day that I opened, you know, a single table came in, no marketing. Those days, we didn't even have uh, all the social media anyway. It was hidden, um, but it had been restaurants before. It's just they've, they've never been successful. Um, and so, you know, the first guest that came in, came in and thought it was one of the old restaurants. I was like, oh, this is a new place. So came in the next day, same thing. And, you know, the one table over a few months became two, three, four. And then it was six tables full every night. I slowly opened the second part. And then eventually I probably took eight months, nine months. Uh, I started to have a queue outside. Um, and I realized that, yeah, man, people are enjoying yeah. uh, the experience. I, I, we've, you know, until today, I, I say this to my team as well. And, you know, today, obviously, we're much larger. But um, I, I say to them, look, you know, we don't advertise ourselves as the best Thai restaurant. We're not. Uh, what what we have is three components that make us more unique. Because uh, if you want to, if you're hungry uh, and you want to have a Thai dinner, don't come to us. Uh, go to a Thai restaurant. Mm. Uh, but if you want to have an experience, then you come to us because you'll have your meal experience. All our chefs are Thai as well. You'll have your meal. It's authentic. Uh, but at the same time, it's the ambience that uh, creates the overall experience. And I did nothing with the ambience. It's purely mother's nat mother nature. And that's, uh, and that's a part of me that I enjoy being out. So if I'm not in the restaurants, you know, I enjoy going out into the jungles. I do a mountain biking before, um, trekking and things like that. So uh, spending my days in the office inside the jungle, that was just perfect. Yeah. And when I needed something, I'd take a car and drive up to Thailand. Yeah. So, you know, it just fitted all exactly what I wanted to do. Tick, tick, tick. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was going... I did not know suppliers. Uh, when I tried to buy things from people, I was new in the industry. No one wanted to sort of, uh, yeah, they could supply to me, but it was cash and delivery. And and so, you know, at the same time, I thought, you know, why do I have to buy from middle middlemen? Mm. And uh, so I used to go every night at the end of work, I go home, sleep for a couple of hours. 4 a.m., I get up and I go up to Pasaporong, up in Celaya, and uh, start buying from from there and as time went on you know was the restaurant was getting busier I couldn't fit things in the car anymore so eventually I started to deal with people from the market there to start delivering to us and until today we still have the same lady that uh, 25 years brilliant. later she still delivers brilliant so I've kept 
uh, I've kept all our all the suppliers that uh, supported me at the beginning. Twenty-five years later, they're still supplying to us, uh, and we've helped them in the past, and they've helped me in, the, in you know, especially during COVID. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Sure. I have to take a short break, folks. I'm in the studio with uh, Federico Asaro. He is the uh, CEO and founder of Samadhi Retreats. Now, um, you are tuned in, of course, to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Banana from Malaysia. BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome to Open for Business. I'm speaking with Federico Asaro, the CEO and founder of Samadhi Retreats. Just before the break, uh, Federico, you were talking about how that idea of uh, working with the same people for 25 years, almost, uh, the same suppliers, you know, that sense of community that you've built over time. How important to you is that retaining that sense of community and working with the same people? Do you, is it fundamental to the way in which you do business? Very much so. Uh, very much so. I think, uh, well, take COVID, for instance. Yeah. When, you know, we all had to shut down. I, I have staff that have been with me from day one. Um, we are close to 200 people in the company. We retained everyone. It was difficult. But uh, this, the, the team is, I think, uh, you know, over, they've grown with the company, yeah. literally. We actually have a second generation of family members that are working with us now. Uh, their parents have retired, but their kids are in the company now. Um, so we have a very close relationship, a close-knit relationship. Um, and we all basically supported the company, but at the same time, we supported each other as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when the restaurants closed, we had food stocks, for instance. Um, so what we did was basically, over a period of time, during the weeks, uh, we, we packaged stuff and uh, delivered the food stocks to the staff. We did uh, food baskets for them as well. Um, and, and it was, it was a, a, a difficult time because I was stuck in Singapore. Uh, because we've opened Tamarind Hill in Singapore as well. So I happened to be stuck there and I was managing everything through virtually, literally. Which um, I'm sure you absolutely loved. Absolutely not. But yeah, so, but there's a lot of trust. Yeah. So for two years that I couldn't come back, uh, I relied on, on the team to look mm. after the company. Mm. Eventually when, reg, you know, rules opened, we could open for a while. We had this restriction, that restriction. It was the team, the, 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 the staff that mm. actually opened the restaurants, closed them back, mm. did whatever we could and with the suppliers the same thing mm. in the past we had suppliers that had personal problems and uh, I, I supported them and in return when COVID came they supported us mm. so yeah I think the community as a community um, I started it as, a, as an individual but today I, 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 you know we, we have a community that, that there is support around the business mm. um, and I think that's 
I think that speaks volumes because it's, it, I think it's definitely very important. It's probably one of the reasons why we managed to pull through COVID as well. Right. I think if I did not have that kind of relationship with uh, with, with the team, uh, with the suppliers, the kind of trust, I don't think we I, I would have been able to get support yeah. And, yeah. and not being around. Mm. Um, I think it would have been a very different story. Can we talk about the, the jump from uh, a restaurant to uh, the hotel industry? Right. How? I mean, <laughs> from, from what I understand, you know, I, I mean, uh, from what I, I can gather uh, and some of the research that I've done, the properties that seem to attract you are either run down in the middle of nowhere. Yeah but have an appeal about them, you know? You remind me of that kid who's walking through the jungle and has found the perfect tree house, you know, and wants to share it with his friends. Yeah, I think that's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 com- very, I completely relate. Very much so. Um, so, Tamarind Hill opened, that was successful. Uh, I, after a couple of years, after a couple of years, I was, you know, I mean, it's a rented property. Yeah. It was a rented property. And, you know, I was, uh, I needed security. And uh, I remember when I was a kid, I used to uh, uh, swim at a, at a pool in an abandoned uh, clubhouse further in the jungle, deeper into Talantar. So I, I went and had a look at that and um, managed to find the, the landlords and uh, struck a good deal with them. Uh, it was abandoned as well. Yeah. So, and it was only two kilometers further in from Tamarind Hill. So I opened that again, second property, that's Tamarind Springs. Yeah. Uh, I opened Tamarind Springs in 2002. So it was about two and a half years after Tamarind Hill. And, uh, and so now I had two restaurants in the jungle, two kilometers apart. So when Tamarind Springs opened, I did something new. I did, uh, I did not do Thai, just Thai, but I used Thai as a base. But I explored sort of the cuisines of Indochina, Laos, mm-hmm. Cambodia, predominantly. And, um, and so that was great, you know, and I, I built that restaurant, I designed the restaurant uh, and I spent all my time. And by then I had sort of, I started to build a, a little, a separate team of construction. Mm. So my own carpenters, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, like I was saying earlier, when in my diving business, I mean, that's the sea is my passion and I was getting burnt out. Uh, but by then, I was away from the sea for about five, six years already, and I started to get an itch. I need to go back to sea, uh, but I didn't want to go back on a boat, and because uh, I, I, you know, I know how difficult it is to run a boat, and um, and so it just so happened that I was uh, on on Tioman. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a party. I went there with some friends, and I was really bored at the party. Uh, so that night, I decided to, I just walked around the beach and climbed over rocks, and I stumbled upon an abandoned resort. And uh, from there, um, found the owners, uh, which happened to be classmates of mine back in Alice Smith. And uh, so I met up with them. And, I'm and sorry for laughing, but it's just like, how does this happen? Yeah, you know? no, exactly. It was like a stroke of luck, literally. But the funny thing was that, uh, you know, they said to me, I said, look, I said, you know, what are you guys doing here? And chit chatter a little bit. And I says, oh, we're looking for a sucker to take over this property. I said, look, I'll be your sucker. Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, again, same thing, no business plan, no nothing. What am I going to do with it? I don't know. It's just a property on the beach. Wait, did, did risk at all come into your, your mind at this point? Because no, not really. Because you, you've got an old abandoned building. It's yeah. old and abandoned. Well, maybe not old, but it's abandoned for a reason. It was old as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it was in wood. So, right, yeah. So it was all eaten up as well yeah. by termites. Um Risk? No, I, I, I don't really. I, I never really think about risk. Um, I think uh, uh, I'm quite positive, in, yeah. uh, and I just I had this gut feeling. I, I just I loved it. I loved the space. I loved where the resort was in Tioman. It was a very unique landscape, um, a very difficult landscape to build because it's just rocks and hills and mm. nothing flat. Um, but it just it was just great. Mm. Um, it had because it was so inaccessible on the island, it has its own private beach. So you know I've got a coral reef in front of me. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this. And so I did. And, um, and, and so that's how Japamala started. Uh, when, when I opened Japamala, I started to sort of run between KL and Tioman, back and forth bringing materials down myself, uh, me and my girlfriend then, my wife now, mm. uh, with Maple, we were just carrying things, uh, chartering fishing boats, bringing wood out and things like that. And, and like I built Tamarind Hill and Tamarind Springs, I started building the resort. And Using the same construction team from... Yes, yeah. they're still with me. Yeah. 25 years later, they're still... They used to be quite energetic. They're a lot slower now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, we started with four, four rooms. All right. Four rooms and a small restaurant. Um, that's Chapamala, 2004. So that's uh, 20 years now. And uh, it's gone from four chalets to 16 villas. Mm. We have pool villas. Mm. We have three top rooms, 16 villas with three different restaurants, uh, a spa. And everything, well, the restaurants especially are exclusive to the hotel guests. I have never seen another resort with 17 rooms and three separate restaurants, which only cater to 16 couples. Wow. Um, and it is adult only as well. It's right? adult only. We have yeah. uh, actually in all our places, not because I don't like kids or anything, but, you know, the places are so, um, they're quiet. Mm. Uh, so when you come to any, whether you're in the restaurant, whether you're in one of our resorts or retreats or residences, um, it's really about, for me, it's really about couples mm. uh, uh, engaging in each other. Um, yeah, again, connections. Yeah, yeah, it's all about that. Yeah, um, and so I'm very picky. I mean, I get very frustrated, and, I'll, and the staff will come and tell you, you know, please don't play with your phone at the dinner table. Mm. Um, and you know, people just look at us and say, "Who are you? Who mm. are you to tell me what I can and cannot do at the dinner table?" Mm. So, but, yeah, but the phone is disturbing other couples. Mm. Um, we even thought I, I, I even thought about sort of putting a jammer to block uh, reception, but I thought that was a little bit too extreme. But the whole idea of coming to, uh, you know, our properties and you think, you know, okay, I started in the F&B from my diving business uh, and then I went into the F&B and from the F&B I went into something totally different in hospitality. I think to me it's not so different. It, it does feel like a natural progression. It is. Whereas diving to hospitality doesn't necessarily feel like a natural progression. This feels... Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, the thing is that, uh, so for us uh, at, at, at Samadhi, with the restaurants, it's, it's, uh, 
you come you come to us for for a holiday for the night, literally. Um, and the progression to the resorts and the retreats is I'm just extending that holiday for the night for a couple of hours. Yeah, it's now an overnight. Yeah. But it's exactly the same. It's just that I'm providing you with a place to sleep as well, not just the food. But the experience, and that just gives you the longer period of experience Mm. in that space. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, they're very much natural progression. Um, and, and today we are, you know, we've we've expanded, uh, we've expanded into other countries as well. We've done some work in Sri Lanka. Um, we've been looking at doing a, a property in Thailand now. Uh, but again, it's not, it's never been about business. And until today, it's not about business. Um, I've had many opportunities. Many people have approached me f- to take over or to run properties or to invest to do something and I've never taken them because it's not what I want to do um, I need to be I need to be happy and I need to enjoy what I'm doing when I'm doing a project and so if I am not um, I can't pass it on to my staff if I don't like it I can't pass it on something else to them to do it uh, I've got to like it first mm-hmm. um, so if, if and, and until today, I mean, you'll find me in properties, uh, you know, you don't see me every day in the same property, but I, I'm in the properties every day. Mm. I spend very little time in the office. Um, it's about it's about sharing experiences. That resonates very hard with me right now. OK, I need to take another break. Sure. Folks, of course, you tuned in to Open for Business with me, Rich Bradbury. Uh, I'm in the studio with Federico Asaro. We'll be back after these messages here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by Bospoli.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Before Friday materializes, BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by Bospoli.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm in the studio with uh, Federico Asaro, uh, the CEO and founder of uh, Samadhi Retreats. Um, CEO is a very big and kind of term that, um, for me, when I think about it, is suits, offices, you know, the antithesis of what you are, right? And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean that as when people think of a CEO, they have this image in their head. Yes, I, I'm definitely not your CEO. No. Why it says CEO, actually, I also ask myself. <laughs> um, my, I, I seldom carry a business card. Maybe, it's a, oh, but you had one today. I did, yeah. because I, I, it, it's so embarrassing when I, people pass me a card and I always say I don't have one. Mm-hmm. I'll send you an email, and I'm actually quite lazy with uh, computers. And I don't like to spend time in the office. And, and so I, I initially printed business cards with just my name on it. Yeah. They don't even have my phone number or my handphone number. And um, I wish I could get away with that. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, and then, you know, my people start asking me, well, who are you and what do you do in the company? And it's just so many questions. Yeah. Um, and so in the end, uh, my staff decided to put uh, a CEO to it. And, um, but that's just purely for a business card so you know where I sit. But 
but I'm not your CEO, <laughs> really. <laughs> okay. So one of the reasons I, I did want to speak to you as well, obviously, we you know the, the places that you you've worked on, you, you've created these experiences that you've uh, yeah curated. A huge amount of sustainability in it, in that they are in places where, when people talk about, I want to go somewhere green, you know, your venues, your hotels come up regularly. It's in a, it's in a beautiful environment. It's this, it's that, and the other. In in your head, and, w- and when you come to create these spaces and these places, how much of that is at, at the top of your mind? You know, building around what's already there, rather than taking away to create something new. Yeah, well, it's for when I pick a place. Um, sometimes I think a place picks me. Um, I'll spend time in a derelict building, an abandoned abandoned site, and um, yeah, if I feel it, literally, if I can feel it, I'll do it. And you know, within the company, my background, sort of from a education side, it's uh, I, did, I did naval architecture and my marine biology. Um, so I designed and built my, my boats first. Um, and so, and, and that's an interest of mine. I enjoy, I enjoy that. And so that's another part of me that I've incorporated into the company. So all the properties, I, I designed them. Right. And so there is the same level, the, the, the same soul. You'll feel, you'll feel something when you go to a property. It resonates. It does. Yeah. And, and, and that's where the, the name Samadhi comes from. Yeah. Um, you know, the brand name today, it's known as Samadhi. Um, but when, when we had all these different properties, you so we had Tamarind Hill, Tamarind Springs, Japamala, different names for all these properties. We're thinking, you know, how can we just put everything under a, a single brand? And, you know, one thing that, um, that, that we realized is that actually the name came from, from our customers. Um, whenever we see customers, they always say the same thing. First of all, when they, if they're first time walking into a property, they'll always say, wow. Yeah. But it's not because it's a multi-million dollar design. It's not. It's actually pure nature. Uh, free. Mm. We didn't put anything in it. It's mm. there. We just protect it. Um, but so they have this wow effect. And, um, and, and, and when people spend a bit of time at the property, they'll always tell me, Look, I feel like I'm not in KL, whether it's in the restaurant or whether it's in one of our residences. Uh, I feel like I'm not in KL. When we built Singapore, they said exactly the same thing. I feel like I'm not in Singapore. Um, and, uh, and so that kept going, uh, that sort of story kept going. And, uh, and Maple, my wife, actually came up with uh, the Sanskrit word for samadhi, mm-hmm. which, as you said earlier, is sort of the highest state of meditation. It basically resonates in the sense that you feel something when you walk into the property. Um, and that's really what, what all the properties are all about. Um, there is a soul to it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it transcends between the restaurants, the hotels, and the resorts. Um, I think the, the, the key points are all there. And because I designed them and I build them, we have our own in-house construction as well. So that's those same ethos sort of work through. For instance, from a sustainable point of view, um, what a lot of people don't, uh, don't know, and we don't even say much about it, um, is that I only use recycled wood. I have never bought new wood. 
Uh, we never cut any trees within our property. And so we don't want to be hypocritical and, and, and buy wood from somewhere else and let, let them cut it somewhere else. So I spend a lot of time going around the country buying old buildings, warehouses, um, sourcing for wood. I spend a lot of time. Uh, people you know, joke with me and poke me and says, oh, you're using old stuff because it's cheaper. Actually, it's a lot more expensive. Um, I may buy the wood per ton a little bit cheaper, but then I've got to spend a lot of time in restoring the wood. So I restore it myself. I've got full-time carpenters that are just working on restoring wood and transportation, the time that's taken to find a place. So when I build a, a villa in Tioman, for instance, which are 100% in wood, it can take me a year and a half for a chalet. You know, that's not a smart business decision. Right. Um, but the reason why it's taking so long is, first, we build it by hand. Secondly, we don't cut trees. So we've got to find a space that's big enough and, and that we can put in a, 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 prop, a, a, a chalet or a villa. And, and they're, all, they're all up in the hills. So we've got to build a walkway to go up there. And, um, and as I said earlier, my, my, my carpenters are getting very old. So they're slowing down. It used to take us maybe 14 months to build one. Now it's probably closer to two years. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so until today, we're still building in Jabamala. It's 20 years old. I'm st we're just getting started with, uh, with a new villa. And that will make us number 17. So, Do you, do you still feel that resonance when you walk into these places? Um, oh, yes. Because, I mean, some people might get to that point where it, it, it's your business, you know. And this is what, when you spoke earlier on about diving being your passion and you did it for so long yeah. that you, you started to get a bit worried and, and move away from it. Has there been a point with Samadhi where you felt that? No. Uh, I think uh, the reason why uh, with the boat was I got burnt out, I was doing the same thing every day. I was right. diving every right. day. I was doing six dives a day. I, I lost count when I think I ate. Eight nine thousand dives. I lost count, um, and and it was tough. Not just because of the diving, but also trying to find the business to bring up people, and so that really was taking a little toll on me. Um, with Samadhi, I have um, I have the luxury of uh, today. I'm I'm building a restaurant in the jungle. Tomorrow I'm going off to the island and building a chalet, and I spend a little time walking the grounds, looking for a new spot. I'm actually just as we speak. I'm, I'm just about to open what is going to be probably a, my a very different restaurant. I'm, I'm opening a Spanish uh, tapas restaurant in Chinatown. Okay. Uh, so we're building that now. So that's a little bit different in the sense that there's no green around us. It's a very old building, that's for sure. I'm using recycled wood again. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's something a little bit different. You're not going to have that same sort of uh, environment, the, the environment. It has a very different environment. Mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, I love history. I, I love the culture and the history of Malaysia. Um, and, uh, and being in Chinatown, I think that plays with also brings back that memory that I had when I built that first restaurant, 1920 Villa. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I have that sort of luxury of sort of doing different things and picking new things. I, I was in Thailand last week um, speaking to people about the possibility of uh, taking over a, a resort there. Um, so there, I keep myself busy with, with new projects. I think if I have to go to the restaurant every day, uh, then it will probably end up like I did with the boat. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what I'm looking at. I mean, you know, Villa Samadhi in, in Kale, uh, Japamala, uh, the 
townhouse. Is that still around? Yes, yes. yes. Um, Villa Samadhi, Singapore. Yeah, we just sold that. Actually. Just sold that. Um, Samadhi Retreats. Well, Samadhi Retreats is the whole brand. the whole thing, right? Yeah. So, Japamala Resort, of course. And then you've and, got the Tamarind Springs. Uh, the Tamarind Springs, Tamarind, Tamarind Hills. Hills. Fook. Yeah. Tamarind Terrace. Yeah. So, we have three tamarinds. Um, and Fook. Fook is a little bit different. It's, yeah. it's a Chinese name, yeah. but it's a Malay restaurant. Right. Very Muhiba. <laughs> I mean, I, my brain right now is because, as you said at the top of the show, this is all without working a day in your life. Yeah. Some people might argue, and this is going to be my, my final question or, or my final exploration, if you will, that you've had a charmed life, right? And luck has obviously played a part of it, but I think there's, there's, there's an essence, something. Are you able to define it? Do you, do you think it's luck? Do you think it's, or, or what is it? No, well, Because I'll tell you now, you know, as I've said before, yeah. many of the people that I interview, it's hard work, it's hard work, it's hard work, it's getting up at 5 a.m., it's going and networking, it's... Go- in my heart, I don't necessarily subscribe to that vision, hmm. despite me interviewing these people. And you are clearly an example of what I'm trying to understand. Right. What do you think it boils down to? Um, I mean, when I say I, I haven't worked a, a day in my life, it's, you know, I don't feel like I work. Yeah. Um, yeah I do work. Of course. <laughs> of course. But, um, but it doesn't feel like work. And that's because I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I don't spend a lot of time sort of in business meetings, uh, meeting people, or stressing out with different things. Uh, I do stress out with different things. Um, I don't know whether it's luck or not. I just, I mean, it, it's... Yes, you've named all the properties that we have, but it's been 25 years. Yeah. It's not overnight. Yeah. Um, and we've had, I mean, I've had a lot of issues to contend with as well, which, uh, you know, uh, you've got to put up with them, I guess, in, 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 you know, in, in the business mm. aspects. Mm. So it's not that it's been plain sailing, but I think it's just because I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I, and I, I'm also, I also get... <laughs> I get a lot of satisfaction from seeing our customers mm. enjoying um, what we build and, uh, and and what we build, how it resonates with them as well. And we share similar, uh, um, similar philosophies. I spend a lot of time now, uh, well, you know, we're expanding in, in the sense, one part is expanding the company, but we're also putting a lot more effort um, in, in the sustainability side of things. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, we've, right from day one, it's always been, it's never been about, oh, sustainability, eco-consciousness, it's a, it's a buzzword, let's get into that bandwagon. It's never been that. Yeah. Um, it's just a natural thing. I'm building something in the jungle. The jungle is what's going to attract people. Yeah. Um, and so, and at the same time, I'm in Malaysia. I have to, I have to uh, celebrate what I have around me. So the communities. Yeah. So we, we work closely with the Orangasilis, for instance. Um, we need thatch roofs. I could go to a shop and buy them, or like a lot of people do, import them from Bali. I go to the jungle and uh, I tell them that uh, I go to the headman and say, look, I need uh, 30,000 pieces of thatch. And, uh, and they'll start making it. Um, I'll go to another village and I say, look, I need 300 pieces of bamboo and they will eventually get it. Why bamboo? That's the only thing we cut down because it's sustainable. It, it, it renews, yeah. exactly. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also giving the, um, a lot of these displaced orang aslis that have been displaced by logging um, and deforestation, they're now living outside of their natural habitat. 
uh, no one is looking after mm-hmm. them. They don't have uh, they don't have any opportunities. So I, I need certain things, and that's and they can provide. It. So we have this relationship, just like we have a resu- relationship with one of our suppliers, mm-hmm. uh, a single lady that's been doing that job for a long time. I have the same thing with the with the Orangasli, so the different headmen from the different uh, villages. We even um, we even hired their uh, kids, their teenagers, um, and we brought them to the island, taught them English, taught them how to run or how to serve in a restaurant, how to do certain things, how to be a part of, and, and actually taught them. Uh, and you know they were very comfortable because the resort is in the jungle. Right. And yet they're doing what they were doing back in their village, but they're getting paid for it. Right. Um, now I also you know we we do. Uh, we many years ago we started doing our own water bottling, so we don't have any single-use plastic uh, today. Yeah, no plastic bags or forget about your straws. We've never had straws from way back. Um, so th- you know all the things that are being done today, we've been doing them naturally. Uh, it was just something that uh, it was it was just a natural sort of thing for us to do. Um, but today I spend a lot of time as well going to farms, talking to farmers. Uh, getting them to grow certain things for us. Um, we try very hard not to import anything, mm. so everything is local. Mm. Um, and so that's a different part of my job. But again, I'm spending time out in the farms. I'm spending time out with uh, in the jungle with the orangaslis. So it kind of breaks the monotony of doing a certain thing. I do many different things. Um, and at the same time, I'm also teaching my own uh, my own teams. You know, in the office, I, I I banned everybody from bringing disposable pens. Everybody has to have a fountain pen. I supply the ink. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So you know, trying to get them look when you go down to the shops, don't bring back a plastic bag yeah. and a polystyrene Tupperware. Yeah. You know. Bring a little tiffin box and go and get your food. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's a, but it's educational. Yeah. And the idea is obviously, I mean, if if they can eventually do it, they go back home and tell uh, the, the, their parents and their kids. And, yeah. and you know, you start to sort of. I think what living within that whole samadhi uh, aspect, it's uh, they take. I hope people take certain things away, and and uh, it filters out to a to s- others. A small ripple creates waves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we've never done it f- because of of to create a wave. It's just what I thought was always, was was a natural thing to do. Um, so it makes us very very different in the uh, in the hospitality or the F and B industry. Where we're, I don't look at what are trends. What are other people doing? If you ask me what's a trend in the FMB, I can't answer you that. <laughs> Which is why I did not ask you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Federico, I could sit here literally and speak with you all day. But unfortunately, I have to wrap up for today's session. Folks, I've been in the studio with uh, Federico Asaro, the CEO and founder of uh, Samadhi Retreats. If you missed any part of this show, I highly recommend you download the podcast and give it a listen to. Uh, of course, it will be up on our website and uh, available via our app, which is available from the Apple App Store or Google Play. This has been Open for Business here on uh, BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for business? Register your company with BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.